We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hey, Matt. Can, can you hear me, Matt? Yeah, John, I'm here. Yeah, I can, can hear you. you. Okay, get, get, get closer to the microphone, can you? Okay, I'm, I'm close to the okay. mic now. Because I, I, I have a secret. I have a secret I want to share with you. you. You don't think anybody's listening, do you? Oh, of course not, John. I think we're safe. Yeah, it, it is KFU, isn't it? So I guess. Uh, <laughs> but by the way, what, what is this that we're doing here, Matt? <laughs> Wait, the show we're doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. wrestling with the basics. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and and I'm I'm Pastor Jolly John Rakumski and uh and I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. Yeah, almost a doctor. <laughs> almost a doctor. Almost. Emphasis on the almost. Well, but but you tell me all the coursework is done, we're, right? We're getting there. Okay. Yeah, the classes are over. Okay, so just the big project. Just, just the, the project. project. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to tell you a secret. <laughs> Back so, to the so, secret shop. Yeah, I know. I got distracted. So, so here, here's the reason why I'm starting off our, our little uh, Bible study this way. It, could you read the first verse of Matthew chapter 5? Okay, here we go. Uh, okay. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So, so here's the thing I never re- we're going to do the Beatitudes, or at least the first uh, Beatitudes. Uh, and the thing I never realized before, Matt, is, is that he's not speaking to the crowds. I assume that's who he was speaking to. But apparently, he actually had called his disciples close to him uh, when he sat down, and he was the one that he was speaking these words to. So I think that's probably all right, because I'm assuming probably the people that listen to uh, our show here, Wrestling with the Basics, they're probably all uh, believers in Jesus Christ, I would suspect, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah, that's probably why they're tuning in. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other hand, when, the, when we get to the end of this whole Beatitude thing, there's a twist in the Gospel of Matthew. It, it may have been that these words were originally spoken to the disciples who had come there with him, but there's a big twist about who he's speaking to when we get to the end of the Beatitudes, but you'll just have to wait for that, Matt. Okay. okay? All right. All right. Sounds good, right. John. So, so the thing that that's interesting is is the first four can we, uh, beatitudes. Can, John, can we yeah. can we stop whispering now? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I guess. Thank you. <laughs> man, you were really getting into it, though. I was impressed. <laughs> I, I was dialed in, John. I want to know the secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You're probably rubbing your ear on the microphone there. <laughs> I was probably getting a little irritated. Um, so, so anyway, the, the, the first four uh, beatitudes yes. uh, are, are, are promises that Jesus makes to his disciples. That's what this is all about. He's making some promises to these rookie disciples, these guys who had just earlier before had been fishing and helping their family in the fishing business and had just thrown everything aside and followed him. And these are the promises he's making them. I, I, Matt, do you want to say anything in general? I know you've probably preached on this any number of times. Anything in general about the beatitudes as a whole? Or 
Well, yeah, um, I think just one thing to keep in mind, like you said, John, our, our listeners, I would say most probably, right, followers of Jesus Christ and, and Christians themselves. And I think as we look at the Beatitudes, these words are meant for, for just that group, right? It meant for Jesus' disciples, but also meant for, for followers of Jesus today as well. Um, you know, who, what are the promises that are ours, right, uh, that are received uh, by faith in Jesus Christ, and 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 the thing is, I really do want to emphasize that that promise business. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Professor Jeff Gibbs, Doctor sure. Doctor Jeff Gibbs. Yeah, he's already a doctor. That's right. I know. Emphasis <laughs> on the and already. Yeah, that's right. But you know, he points out that, that, that this uh, this is not a new set of commandments because I think a lot of people deal yeah. with the Beatitudes. Is this is the Christian commandments, right? Moses gave his commandments uh, because he points out there's no imperatives in here. Uh, for those that aren't into English, uh, imperative is a command, something you're supposed to do. But there are no no imperatives in here. Um, and in fact, there are no conditional statements either. It doesn't say if, for example, mm-hmm. you are merciful, then you'll be shown mercy. They're, they're simply statements of fact. This is how it is. Um, and they all begin, of course, with this word blessed. But what, what does that mean, Matt? How, how have you dealt with that when you've preached on this? What is the sense of the word blessed? Yeah, I, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you've heard people, I've heard people preach, you know, talk about, you know, happy, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the, kind of the Greek thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. happy are the poor in spirit, or even, um, you know, the the Beatitudes are the, the how you're, you know, you even read sermons about, these are the attitudes you should have, these Beatitudes. Uh, and, and no, you know, again, I think it goes back to, to what you're saying, promises that this blessedness, the source of the blessedness is not... You know, our poorness and spirit or how much we mourn, but the blessedness is something that comes from from God himself. Um, that's the and, and, source. And that's affirmed in it, too, because the other thing that's because, you know, I'm a grammar geek. Uh, and, and the thing is, if you look at this, all the things that are happening, like the, the comfort and the inheritance and all that, uh, they're all in the passive, which again is just what you said. It's not like we're doing anything. It's something that's being done uh, to us and, and, and for us. Um, and and I, the first thing that struck me as I was looking over these is it really kind of contradicts our logic and reason because I never thought I would be happy being poor or happy being mourning or, or happy being hungry or thirsty or being humbled. That doesn't seem like a happy thing. Uh, but we're going to see as we look at these is, is what God does with that stuff. And the results and the finality of those things are certainly a thing that makes us, well, maybe, like you said, maybe happy isn't the word because that seems like to be something temporary and passing. And this is this is truly a, a blessing. And I think, um, you know, the, the whole Sermon on the Mount kind of it, it goes along those lines that it's things we just don't expect what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, things about loving the enemy and things about, um, you know, lust and different things. But, you know, uh, again and again, this kind of things are turned on its head. But here in the Beatitudes, the opening, I think they're turned on their head, you know, in, in not a law sense, but a, a more of a gospel sense um you know we're, we're long gospel folks as lutherans and I, I think you know again the beatitudes not not necessary law i think boy uh they're, they're words of gospel words of promise to us and and you know so that's interesting matt you just again it's a shame we can't be in the studio anymore because then you could see the light bulb going off on my head or well kind of a dimly i need to get one of those led bulbs <laughs> 
<laughs> the old incandescent. They're more energy after, efficient. <laughs> after 70 years, you know, it's getting a little dim. Uh, but, but yes, because you're absolutely right. Not only is the gospel here totally surprising, but, but of course, if we had gone on and do the entire thing, which we're not doing, but you're right, the law is totally surprising too. It's not at yeah. all the kind of law which we hear and say, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. Well, anyway, we, we may get on to the actual Beatitudes here. I want to take the first four Beatitudes, but I want to do them in reverse. And <laughs> okay. I'll explain why that is right. when we get when we get to the end. <clears throat> so I hope this doesn't bother you because I know you like to do things in, in sequence, but if you wouldn't mind starting with verse six. I'll try to adjust, six. John, just for you. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. I'm sure you have some point to this, right, John? <laughs> All right, here we go. Verse six, uh, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So, so again, I don't think people think about being hungry and thirsty as a blessing. That doesn't seem that there should be something happy about that. Uh, of course, the thing is here is it's not a physical hunger, a physical thirst we're talking about. Uh, and that's something we'll need to discuss before we're done. Is this only about spiritual things? Oh. Uh, man, you, you know, you talked about the people turning this into a law, that that the be attitude, yep. this is the attitude you should should, should be. Uh, and I think that's a thing, too. Is it is it just about spiritual or is this about the, the people who are hungry and thirsty, literally? Uh, well, whatever the text says, hungry and thirst for righteousness. Uh, and so who is that, Matt? Who, who are we talking about there, you think? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, yeah. Yeah, a, a desire to be to be right with God, uh, a desire to be restored. Um, I think of, I, as you were talking, I was thinking of the... The woman at the well. Remember when Jesus encounters her? This this uh, Samaritan woman at the well, and you know she's a non-Jew, and she's uh, living with someone who's not her husband, and all that. And Jesus talks about this living water, you know, kind of this thirsting right uh, idea. And he talks about the living water that he gives, and she's she's confused, right? Just as you know, I think probably the, the first hearers of the Sermon of the Mount are confused. What is he talking about? Hungry and thirsty for righteousness, but this righteousness. You know, desire for righteousness that really only can be fulfilled by by Jesus, the one who is the living water and who is the bread of life. And 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 thanks for that story because that's the thing I encountered as I was going through these. This is not unique that these themes are throughout yeah. the entire Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. And what a perfect example using that same imagery of the the thirst and the water for life. So so it is like it's 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 and, and I hope everyone listening to us right now hungers and thirsts for righteousness. I, I hope there's no one listening to us right now that thinks, oh, you know, I've got this Christianity thing under my belt. I've been a Christian yeah. now for you know 70 years, you know, there's not much more you can teach me or not much more I need to do. I'd like I, to give you another biblical example, that that rich young man who came and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, here's the commandments. He said, well, I've done all those. Yep, yep, Anything exactly. else? Yeah, no, but these are people, uh, and, and I don't know if people understand that for you and me as pastors, no, we, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. In fact, being a pastor almost daily shows us our inadequacies, our, our lack of faith, our, our fail. Let me ask you a question, Matt. When you get a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning because someone one of your members is in the hospital. Do you jump up and say, "Oh, wow! I'm so glad I can 
Do you, Matt? Well, not, <laughs> usually, you... no, it's usually a prayer. A prayer ascends. Lord, help me. <laughs> Give me the strength, Lord, to, to minister to these folks. <laughs> no, it's it's not easy, John. Yeah, in our sinful flesh. Yeah, we we want to be in bed, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, so, so I hope people understand that about pastors. We we too, in fact, maybe more than others, because we we know the demands that God has placed on us. But what's really great about the promise is, so what happens to those who hunger and thirst for Russia? If you're not hungry and thirsty, I got nothing for you. But yeah. if anybody listening right now finds this hunger and thirst because they know we're just not as righteous as we should be, what, what's, what's it say is going to happen? So they shall be satisfied. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like this Sarah Rudin. I've mentioned her before, and, and, and she's not a saint, okay? And I don't agree with everything she says. But she points out that the word for satisfied here is actually a lot more than just satisfied. Uh, it's the word that the Greeks used for when they wanted to fatten up their animals. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting that God wants to fatten us up, but it is that kind of idea that that uh, you've got more than you could possibly use here. Just like the feeding of the 5,000 where we fed them all, and yet there's still baskets full of, of bread and, and fish left over. That uh, It's the word that's used for feasting. So, so let me tell you that when Jesus Christ comes for you who hunger and thirst and righteousness, you're not going to get just enough to satisfy you. You're going to get way more. You won't ever have to worry about being satisfied or hungry or thirsty anymore because he's going to. And how does he do that, Matt? How, do, how does he do that? What's he do for us? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, every time that he delivers righteousness to us, right? You know, certainly in all that Jesus does, we read in the Gospels and his, his suffering and death and resurrection, but then, you know, delivers the righteousness to us, feeds us literally, right? <laughs> At the Lord's Supper is what comes to my mind, where that righteousness is delivered in his body and blood as we, we take and receive and eat and drink. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, and again, thanks for bringing up the Lord's Supper, because there again, it's the, it's the very illustration, the hunger and the thirst. And I hope people understand, you don't go to the Lord's Supper because it's some tradition that you fulfill. It's now the time to go take. No, when you leave the Lord's Supper, you literally have been filled up, okay? There's absolutely nothing more you need to do. You don't need to worry about anything. You are totally and completely forgiven and righteous in the sight of God. You couldn't get any holier than you are when you walk away from the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Of course, in Jesus' forgiveness, we're always that way, but the Lord's Supper reminds Reminds us that we are right here and now uh, in the body given and the blood shed for us. Yeah. And I Any other thoughts? Go ahead. I'm just going to say the certainty with which you can say that, John. You know, you are forgiven. You are filled up in the Lord's Supper. And you can say that with certainty in part because of, of the words of the Beatitudes. I love Jesus' certainty, right? He says, uh, you know, bless are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know, there's no, you know, they might be satisfied or, you know, they'll probably be satisfied. Or if they, they really are sincere enough in their belief, then they'll be satisfied. No, it's just certain. They shall be satisfied. And, and and like you pointed out, John, we have that same certainty when we when we come to the Lord's Supper. So so let's go to the next one. And and thank you for that emphasis too. That we're talking about facts here, people. We're not talking about maybes, but this is how it is. And so verse five also gives us another promise, and that is what, Matt? Yeah, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I wrestled for a long time with, with this particular verse, because everything else seems like it 
fits. You know, you had hunger and thirst, and okay, you're satisfied. You're, you're mourning, and you're comforted. But I, I really wrestled with, well, what's the relationship with being meek? And in fact, what does that word even mean uh, with inheriting the earth? So uh, you got any thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, you know, because like you said, there's usually kind of a correlation, you know, hungry, you're filled, right? Meek, you're what? You inherit the earth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, meek, you know, and then the word kind of a synonym, you know, is humility, I guess, and a humbleness is what I think of when I think of meekness and you know to inherit the earth boy you don't think of people that inherit the earth who would rule the earth as being meek or, or humble right necessarily so it's almost almost like a reversal perhaps you know that who would think that someone who's humble and meek would inherit the earth the people in charge aren't humble and meek it's usually the opposite <laughs> um so it, it's it's kind of a, an unexpected thing you know that they would inherit the earth and maybe that's the point maybe it, that, that this is unexpected so again, like, like you mentioned earlier, Matt, there's that twist here mm -hmm. that things that, mm -hmm. that the way they look like they're they're not going to end up that way, right? So so people look like they're hungry and thirsty. Oh, those are the people that will be really satisfied. Whereas the people that are full of themselves now, well, I've no promises to them. Uh, um, see, the other thing, and I I, I got to go to my my own pastor here, uh, Pastor Bittner, because this was his his thought. Uh, the, the English translates here, "They shall inherit the earth." Uh, the, the Greek word there for all those who are really interested is gase, gase, which can be translated simply land. And in fact, if you read through Matthew and you hear about the land of Judah or things like that, it's the same word we have here. Uh, uh, and see, so when I hear inherit the earth, I'm thinking of the globe, right? You have that picture in your mind that we've seen from the outer space pictures, you know, the blue and the oh, greens yeah. and everything. Yeah. But he points out Maybe what Jesus is actually talking about is the promise that's been made all along. Uh, and in fact, I found out that Jesus is just quoting Psalm 37 here, which says, word for word, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. But there it's the land. It's the land, of course, thinking of the, the, the promised land. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe the, Jesus is simply saying, you know, everything God promised you, that there's a place for us, a land for us, uh, uh, that's going to be yours. That's going to be yours. And, 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 and I think you're absolutely right, man. It's not going to go to the people that are proud and powerful because they think, yeah, we've got it. We've got control. But the strange thing is, is that this inheritance is going to go to the, the people that on earth were thought to be humble and nothing and of insignificance, yeah. inconsequential kind of people. And yet, oh, wow, uh, they're getting the whole ball of wax. Uh, and it's interesting that that word inherit, if you go back and read the promises God made to Abraham, for example, that's what it always is. They will inherit. They will inherit the land. So I don't know. Do you think that's a legitimate understanding of that verse? Yeah, I, I think, too, though, you know, with this, all the Beatitudes, but maybe, you know, this one in particular, I think another good question is, oh, when are these things fulfilled? When is this? Oh, when is this? Yeah. You know, satisfy. When is someone? When? When? When, are, when is someone who hungers the first for righteousness satisfied? You know, once and for all satisfied. Even when does one inherit the earth or land? Um, you know what? What's the timetable here, Jesus? You know what are we yeah, talking about? Yeah. So is this is this now? Is this in the future? Uh, you know when? What? What is he talking about? Um, 
And I, I think as Lutherans, John, you know, we kind of have these, you know, sometimes we have these things held in tension, right? We have these these uh, answers where, you know, it's kind of uh, multiple correct answers almost. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I think when it comes to when is this blessedness, it's, it's now, but it's also not yet. Right. Um, so it's now. And like you talked about the Lord's Supper. Yeah, we receive that now and we're, we're satisfied now. Uh, but I think that there's also a not yet element to these Beatitudes where Jesus is is even looking toward the, the, the his return. Right. And, you know, the restoration of the land and the heavens and the earth and and uh, the inheritance that's received there. Uh, at his return in glory on the last day. So I, I think there's, you know, when we, we there's you know, an element of when to the Beatitudes too. So I don't, any thoughts on that, John? Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, so so if, if in terms of, of the when, certainly you're right. There is a, there's a future element to this because mm-hmm. you go to Revelation and it says God will make a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so in terms of having that that fullness, that promised land, yeah, we don't have that quite yet. But I really am glad you brought up the now element because, see, in a way, it, it's going on now. Uh, two things occurred to me about this word "earth." Uh, um, it's the word we use in the Lord's Prayer when we talk about the will of God, right? Don't we pray that the will of God will be done on earth as mm-hmm. it is in heaven? Yeah. So, so, so in a sense, you know, this world is a pretty can I use the word crappy? Okay, if I'm, if I'm not supposed to, then just blot that out. Okay, yeah, okay. anyone listening to us, just, you know, you know, you can uh, um, just block that out. The censors at KFU will take care of it, John. <laughs> they'll if take it, care of it. If it's not allowed, they'll, they'll take care of it. <laughs> but, but do you realize how bad the world really would be, except that Christians are praying all the time that God's will would be done here uh, on earth as it is in heaven? That, that really the world is in existence today, the blessings that we have, the food we eat, and drink the, the the friendships and you you name it. If there's anything good you've experienced, that's because we Christians are praying that His will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And then the other thing I thought about the now of this uh, beatitude is, what does Jesus say about when you forgive people's sins on earth? Again, this is Jesus' language. What what does He say when you forgive people's sins on earth? You, yeah, you know that forgiven verse, in heaven. Yeah, loosed on earth, loosed in heaven. So we're back to your thing about the Lord's Supper. So actually, when you take the Lord's Supper, you are at that point uh, in, in, a, in a, not a complete and full way, but you are inheriting the earth, aren't you there? That forgiveness spoken here on earth, that's that's up there in heaven. That's already taken care of. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. I think you've got uh, both a, a future thing, definitely, but also that 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 inheritance is starting to be received even now. Definitely, um, yeah. And, and well, shoot, let's go to verse four. I think we can get one more beatitude in, but we'll have to wait for a future episode to the the uh, verse three. But go ahead and do verse okay. four, if you would. Matt. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, and, and this one, I think, is probably the, the clearest of them all. Uh, and it's also the one that makes me think this isn't just about spiritual problems. It is. It is about the hunger and thirsting for righteousness, poor in spirit, is the verse we won't get to. Uh, but but I think it's about all of the earthly, worldly things we struggle with as well. And certainly mourning is a thing. Have you lost anyone recently, Matt? Anyone close to you? Well, yeah, well, just well, church members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the longer you're at a church, the you know, the harder it is to to lose uh, someone that you care for so dearly. But yeah. Yeah, and and you've been there. How long have you been there? Nine the, years at Ascension. Yeah, so so you really get to know people, and they yeah. get to be your friends. You bet. And, 
Yeah, and, and I, I hope people understand that, that it's an emotional thing for us as pastors because we're close. To, and usually people that die, we've had an opportunity to minister with them for a while, too. So there's a, a, a development of closeness there. Well, well, well anyway, uh, the one thing I want to say here before, for anyone who is mourning, and we, and we lost uh, Jerry, that was Lynn's uh, dad, uh, they will be comforted. Uh, and I tell you what, I hate to do Well, no, I can't do this. I can't leave people hanging. Uh, the word comfort there doesn't simply mean that God pats you on the head and said, oh, it'll be all right. Uh, but the Greek word there for comfort means that something is done that actually takes away the reason for you to have tears. And that's what the Bible says, doesn't it? God wipes away our tears. Uh, and of course, for us as, as Christians, we understand the ultimate fulfillment of that promise will be the resurrection from the dead, when all these people we loved and cared for will all of a sudden be back here amongst us. Well, darn it, I didn't get to do all four of them, but we've got more episodes coming, uh, and we'll pick up the Beatitudes in a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to say this has been a, a good episode, I think, Matt, of Wrestling with the Basics. Thank you.